Mason in the middle. And what a finish that is. Mason mounts. That is extraordinary from Fikayo Tomori. Loses Callum Hudson. And oh, and there it is. His first goal for Chelsea, the teenager. A moment he will remember. Hello and welcome to the Simon Phillips podcast on the Chelsea spot. Uh, we're back with episode four after a week off last week. Um, there wasn't really a lot going on, wasn't loads to talk about. I mean, I was just going to be reiterating the same news, but obviously we've got a bit more to talk about this week with the capture of Timo Werner finally being confirmed by Chelsea yesterday. So, yes, welcome. Today I'm going to talk about, obviously, the Werner deal to start with. Uh, the pursuits of Kai Havertz and Ben Chilwell, uh, Pedro and Williams' contract situation, a look at who could uh, cover them if they don't sign extensions, and a look ahead to Sunday's first game back against Aston Villa. Um, Frank Lampard is actually doing a press conference today via Zoom, uh, his first one since lockdown. Um, so any updates on that obviously won't be on this show, depending on when we can get this one out, but just for uh, reference, the hasn't happened yet at the time of recording this show. As always, follow us on the Chelsea Spot on Twitter. It's just at the Chelsea Spot. And you can also find us there on Instagram, the Chelsea Spot. And me, is I'm Cy Phillips Sport. It's at Cy Phillips Sport on Twitter. And Cy Phillips underscore Sport on Instagram. Cool, so... This week, yesterday, uh, big announcement. Welcome Timo Werner to Chelsea. Uh, 47.5 million is the fee that's been agreed. Uh, his release clause has been triggered by Chelsea and they will be paying him 170,000 a week. That is as per Matt Law of the Telegraph. That's his information anyway. Obviously, there's been nothing official on that on the Chelsea website. Uh, Chelsea is saying that the deal has been well. The deal has been agreed, um, and it's just pending a medical. Really, uh, same as is when they announced Hakim Ziyech back in January. Just a medical um, when they're allowed to do it, and then obviously everything's signed and sealed now. So once that's done, it will be officially confirmed. But he's not going to arrive until uh, July. Same as Ziyech. And uh, Werner will not be eligible to play in any of Chelsea's Champions League games uh, in August, the new mini-tournament that they're planning at the moment. Um, and neither will Ziyech, obviously. Chelsea can't register any more players um, in this official season. So you won't see any of those two in action until next season now, which um, is due to start in September. Um, but yeah, he's yeah he's done. The deal is done. Chelsea fans obviously celebrated on Twitter after waiting a few weeks to to fully get excited about it, even though it it pretty much had been confirmed by every top source um, that he was going to be a Chelsea player. So, yeah, we've got that to look forward to next season. What a signing. Um, what you can actually call a true marquee signing. Uh, a real show of intent from Chelsea. Um, the sort of signing that, you know, that we, we, grew, we grew used to seeing a sort of a Fernando Torres uh, 50 million deadline day in January that that kind of has that kind of feel about it um I actually I remember when uh back in 2004 when uh, before Jose Mourinho first joined Chelsea they actually attended an England game in the Euros 
and he was there. Uh, um, they were both in the stands, and they were they were scouting uh, Wayne Rooney and Steven Gerrard. Uh, obviously, with the full intent to sign both of them at the time. This was Roman Abramovich going all out to transform Chelsea uh, and the Mourinho. And obviously, yeah, you, I mean, you know, you know what happened with the Gerrard deal. He was very close to signing, but he decided against it at the last minute. I think Rooney was actually pretty close as well, but obviously that one didn't happen. But yeah, the rest is history from there. But that's that's the kind of feel that this Werner deal has about it. Um, it's it's a massive, massive show of intent from Chelsea, and definitely one to get excited about. So welcome Werner. Uh, moving on, Kai Havertz. Uh, yesterday he's caused a bit of a stir on Twitter. He, um, I mean, first he he liked the post on Instagram um, announcing Werner to Chelsea, and obviously these guys are teammates uh, for Germany. Um, so you know, it's no no surprise that he's happy for his teammate, but obviously the coincidence was there already, um, seeing as he's been heavily linked with movement to Chelsea. And then shortly after that, he liked a comment on his own page um, from a Chelsea fan simply saying, announce Havertz. That was liked by by Havertz himself. So, I mean, no, of course, of course that wasn't an accident. Of course, he legitimately meant to like it. He swiftly unliked it, probably a couple of hours after, um, realising what he's he's caused on social media. Um Chelsea fans were in a frenzy. Um, yeah, so, I, yeah, you know, players will like stuff all the time. But if I mean, if you look through Havertz likes, he doesn't like a lot of things. Um, the last thing he liked was Rudiger wishing him a happy birthday. Rudiger doesn't often wish happy birthday to people. You can see that as well. I mean, we're getting all uh, investigator on it here. But the fact of the matter is, I don't think there's any coincidence in Havertz liking that. I think... Um, I think that would suggest that there might be something to the whole um, Havertz to Chelsea thing. Um, something that I I didn't even personally believe for a long time. And I would still be shocked if Chelsea pulled that off as well as pulling off Werner, um, admittedly. But it seems that there's definitely something there. I mean, by, of course it's not a done deal. It's nowhere near a done deal. Um, there's, there's a long way to go. A lot of sources are saying Chelsea are interested. Uh, many sources are also saying that they're actually in talks. But then in the same breath, they'll say so are many other clubs. So, yeah, this... I mean, we need to calm down a bit on Havertz. Um, even though he did like that post yesterday. But it was interesting. It was entertaining. And we love a bit of that on Twitter, don't we? So, Havertz arriving. Um, if he did come to Chelsea... Um, it's it's a little bit obviously you want every every world class talent um, that you can get. I mean, I, personally, I'm not going to turn down Havertz coming to Chelsea. Absolutely not. Chelsea, um, if they want to compete at the very top, they have to sign the best players, and he's one of the best um, attacking midfielders in the world right now, um, full of creativity. So if Chelsea can sign him, then and then sign him. It's I mean, it's not my money. It's not your money. Um, I don't think Havertz arriving will really affect the rest of the players. I think the you know there's there's sixty plus games in the season. I think Chelsea need the depth and the strength and depth, a bit like they had under Carlo Ancelotti. I think that's that's just a bonus if he arrives. 
if he doesn't, you know, at the same time, I won't be, I won't be gutted. Um, I don't think we desperately need him. Um, we've got plenty of midfielders, and obviously we've got a lot of midfielders coming through as well, the likes of Conor Gallagher. But yeah, yeah. But if you offer me the chance to have Havertz, I'm I'm signing them. I'm I'm taking them, absolutely. Um, yeah. So moving on. The next, obviously, the next transfer subject, the big one that a lot of the the main sources have started reporting. Um, Fabrizio Romano obviously went as soon as Werner was confirmed. He went straight on to the Chilwell business uh, once again, saying that Chelsea are in talks to sign Ben Chilwell from Leicester. Uh, he does say the deal won't be easy. I think we're all well aware of that now. Leicester aren't, you know, aren't bending over backwards to sell him. They'd like to keep him, obviously. Um, the the money, the fee that's been thrown around is eighty million. I don't think Chelsea will pay anywhere near that. But to me, this this has a sense of a deal that will get done. Um, I think Chilwell wants to go to Chelsea. Um, he might not be publicly vocal about that at the moment, but um, that is what might need to happen if he wants the deal to go ahead. He might need to come out and say. You know, I want I want to leave. I want to leave Leicester. I want to join Chelsea. He might need to say that to the manager, Brendan Rodgers. And I think that that's what might push the deal forward, uh, push the negotiations along, because obviously they're nowhere near it on a fee right now. I don't think Chelsea will be wanting to pay over forty five million for Chilwell. Um, and if Leicester's valuation is eighty million, they're some way apart. But like I said just now, I think this has the feel about a deal that will get done. He seems like he is a player that Lampard really wants um, and the border really pushing the boat out to try and get him. So that that could quite easily be our next arrival. Um, before Havertz, if Hazard, Havertz happens, I just call him Hazard. I mean, <laughs> I think that's because he will have the, a similar effect to um, when Hazard arrived at Chelsea. I think he'll be that, that kind of signing that kind of guy um but well you know we'll, i mean Werner's done it but i think his habit's coming as well he's he's definitely got that flair about him that um eden hazard has um so yeah so chillwell priority Havertz maybe after then and also some news on pedro and william um matt law again from the telegraph great source um he seems to be even more connected to chelsea this season um he seems to have some very good inside connections to the club um so you know when he talks it's wise to listen um he's spoken about pedro and william both unlikely to sign temporary extensions um pedro has agreed to jo- uh, join roma so he doesn't want to risk any injuries uh, before going to his new club which is absolutely fine by me. You know, I think if you put yourself in Pedro's position, you would feel the same. Um, I mean, they, they've they agreed to sign him, but they haven't actually signed him yet. Um, they can't do that until he becomes a free agent. So if he plays a couple, you know, if he plays for Chelsea, breaks his leg, then they're probably not going to sign him. That, that risk is there, especially for an aging player. Um, you know, Pedro's not getting any younger. The risk of injury is a lot more likely. I don't have any quarrel with him if he wants if he doesn't want to sign this extension. Um, same with William. If he doesn't want to sign the extension because he doesn't want to jeopardise his next move, then fair enough, you know. That's absolutely fine. 
the the situation with that is they have until Chelsea have until June the twenty fifth, um, which is six days from now, at the time of recording, uh, to agree temporary extensions with Pedro and William to take them through to the end of the season. Um, if they don't agree a deal by the twenty fifth of June, then they will only have to play until the end of their contracts, which is the thirtieth of June. So technically, Chelsea will have them for two or three more games, I think, um, and then that will be it. Their their Chelsea careers will be over. So six days to seal that. If not, Chelsea have a, con- a contingency plan in place. Um, as as we heard um, from Liam Tume from the Athletic this week, Ruben Loftus Cheek has been playing wide left in training. Um, he also played there. I don't know. I think he came on as a sub and played there in the seven-one victory over QPR last week. Uh, the the friendly, um, the pre-restart friendly, if you want to call it. Um, so that's interesting to hear that he has been deployed wide before. Loftus Cheek um, through certain periods of his career when he's a bit younger. Um, it's not his best position. He doesn't he doesn't um, love playing there, but I think he's played there for Palace as well. And he has been quoted as saying before, you know, he just wants to be on the pitch. He'll play anywhere, but he feels his best position is in number eight. And I think most people will agree with that. His his best position is centre midfield in the number eight, um, being a bit deeper and, and using that, that drive he has with the ball from deep. I think that's his best asset. So when he's playing wide, I think you lose a bit of that. But if it's a temporary measure, then it's a quality temporary measure to use. Um, it gets him game time again. Gets him used to playing, uh, match fitness, etc. So yeah, well, that's a good option to have. I can certainly see why Lampard is trying him there. Other options we have is Mason Mount or Ross Barkley. They've both played wide for Lampard this season um, and previously in their careers. Mason Mount, I think, is probably the more natural one. He plays plays well as a, an inside forward or a second striker. Um, he's he's done that a few times for Chelsea this season. He's he's actually quite good there. So. I wouldn't be concerned if Mount plays there at all. Um, same with Barkley. I think he's got that energy and pace to be a nuisance there. And then obviously we've got the young Tino Andrin. More Again, he's more of a, a Loftus-Cheek number eight star player, attacking midfielder. Um, but he can play there. He can play wide. I've seen him play there. Um, another option that can cover the two that, that potentially will be leaving. And then... Um, I've also heard that Tino Livramento from the academy, a player you might not have heard so much about, 17-year-old wide right player, um, very young obviously, but he's been training with the first team um, a few times. Yeah, I think mainly he's he's been like a, a right a right back or a right wing wing back, but yeah, he's he's definitely a, a wide player, high energy, can play on the wings, um, a lot of pace, direct player. Um, as you'd imagine from a youngster coming out of the Chelsea Academy right now, he's got bags of talent. Um, but another option that Lampard might be willing to use, uh, at least on the bench, obviously we've got, you know, you can use five subs for the rest of this campaign and you can name nine, nine of them on the bench. So uh, there's a lot of spaces to fill. So we are going to see quite a few Academy players uh, at least sitting on the bench. Uh, they might well be used if they, if they're needed, so it's it's wise for Lampard to get a lot of them training with the first team. I know um, Armando Broya has been playing as well in the in the first team training sessions and regularly since it it, it restarted. He's another great player, centre forward. 
So they've got lots of options. I have no concerns at all if Pedro and Willian go. Um, and like I said, I totally understand it if, if they feel that that's, that's right for them. Um, we obviously thank them for their service and wish them luck for their next move. Um, yeah, so that's, that's that. as I said earlier, Lampard's presser is today. Um, it will be via Zoom, which is going to be weird. Um, but I mean, this this pandemic has brought a lot of um, weird first time things going on with football. Obviously, without the fans and things like that, nothing's going to be normal for a while. I don't think. Um, so we, you know, press conferences via Zoom. That's today at one thirty. I'm recording this on Friday the nineteenth of June. So it's I'm recording before it's happened, so I can't talk about that. But. I'm sure by the time you've listened to this, you would have heard what Lampard's had to say and given some hints on his formation or, you know, who's injured, who's ready to go. Um, Obviously, they're playing Aston Villa on Sunday, first game back. And it's an opportunity to get three points, a nice nice game, really, um, to come back into as a first game back. No easy games in the Premier League, we know that. But... I think it's 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 not um it's not the worst game to come back to. Um so I've got some predictions on that. I'll talk through that in a second. Um the formation, I've changed my mind a lot on on this. Um how Chelsea will line up. Um obviously the formation I think will be a 4-3-3, but I the personnel is what I keep changing my mind on. So if you do read my articles on Talk Chelsea, you might see something slightly different to what I'm saying here. Um, I have changed my mind, actually. But yeah, I think 4-3-3 Lampard will go for. This is, is what I believe Frank will play, not not what I hope. Um, although it's probably not a lot different, actually, to what I hope as well. I think, obviously, Kepa starts. Uh, Reese James right back. Um I think the two centre-backs, Lampard seems to favour Rudiger, so I think Rudiger will start with Christensen. Um, so you've got your, your ball player and and your stronger player with the aerial ability. Um, good balance. Uh, personally, I don't think it's our best centre-back pairing. I think I, um, I would go with uh, Zuma over Rudiger. Um, possibly Tomori over Christensen, but that's kind of 50-50 there. It's None of them have really stood up, so it's difficult to judge them. None of them have, have stood out as being, you know, as saying, I am the first choice centre back, drop me, you know, try and drop me. None of them have done that, so that's disappointing. And um, that's that's another reason why I think that Chelsea need to prioritise a centre back more than anything else. Um, obviously, left back would probably just edge it, but then I think before anything else, we need a centre back. Um, we need a I've spoken about it before, we need a, a dominant centre-back, um, one with a bit more leadership, maybe a bit more experience. That's desperately needed, in my opinion, to command the back line, to lead from the back, um, and just basically gobble up anything that comes into the 18-yard box. Uh, we don't have enough of that at the moment. But yeah, that's that's another story. I've just digressed. Um, as Peliqueta left-back, It'd be just because he does a better job than the other two at the moment. Um, might be a bit harsh on those two, but I think because Azpilicueta is the captain as well, he's got to start the game. Um, and Reese James is better at right-back than him, so Azpi over to left-back. 
Um, the middle three, um, Jorginho is suspended. So Kovacic, for me, plays in his position. Um, and then I think because Kante is, has played quite a bit in these friendly games and in training, he seems very um, regular. I think he starts. I think Kante starts just ahead of Kova. And then um, this was where I kept changing my mind. I, first, I put Mason Mount as the third centre midfielder, most advanced. Um, and then I changed my mind to Ross Barkley because, again, he's been training very well. He looks super fit and he obviously finished the pre-lockdown games very strong. Um, although um, Barkley frustrates me massively with his inconsistencies, um, he does have the, the ability to pull out an absolutely brilliant game. And I think Lampard might go with him on Sunday purely, yeah, purely because of his form before this and his form in training. And his fitness, um, his energy levels. So I think Mount then moves out onto the left wing uh, to start ahead of Pulisic, who I did select initially. But Pulisic has been injured quite a bit this season, so I think maybe he's going to be eased back in off the bench at the same as Loftus-Cheek. So I don't think Loftus-Cheek starts on Sunday. I think he's eased in off the bench with Pulisic um, and with Hudson-Odoi. I think those three will be on the bench. I think Willian starts on the right um, ahead of Hudson-Odoi. But as you, as I said, you can use five subs. So I think we will see all three of them getting back on and getting some needed match fitness because they've all, all three of them have struggled with injuries this season. So I don't think they'll be risking, risking the starting 11. I might be wrong. Um, this is obviously just my prediction. I can't... Um, can't predict the future otherwise I wouldn't be sat here talking to you guys I'd be earning a lot of money doing something elsewhere <laughs> um, but yeah the and then Abraham I think centre forward to end the lineup. Um it's going to be interesting my prediction for the game is a Chelsea win 2-0 I think Tammy Abraham gets the first goal and then Loftus-Cheek in the second half off the bench comes on to score because he's been in, in good form as well pre-season. Well, not pre-season, you know what I mean. Um, so, yeah, I think he's going to be a, a very good player to come on later on in the game if we need him just to get that second or even third goal. Um, I'm going, Yeah, I'm going 2-0 Chelsea win. Uh, please don't hunt me down if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, you've got to be optimistic. And Chelsea, you know, the morale around the club now at the moment with... Um, these new transfers and the the way the way it is with Lampard and Morris, there's, there's a real good feel around the club at the moment, and general team morale and confidence is, is at a very high level. So I think that'll be good to take into this game on Sunday, and and hopefully you know the the weirdness of having no fans and things like that will not affect the players too much. But it's you know it's the same for both both teams. So um, it'll be weird watching. Personally, I did go for crowd noise when I watched the first couple of games back on Wednesday. Uh, it was weird. I mean, I don't know if you saw the Villa game, but the the fans, I mean, there was like a, a one or two second delay and it was just hilarious. Um, it was kind of annoying, but it was still better than, than having no sound at all and uh, hearing a, a pin drop. Um, so I probably will go for crowd noises again on Sunday, which should be interesting to see what they do with that. 
but yeah hopefully it won't be you know it won't go into next season hopefully this thing will disappear and um we can have fans back in the stadium again next season because we all know that's the true football that we love and adore um without fans it doesn't feel the same but like i've said on on my twitter account enough times football is football and for me just to see football back on on the tv is has been brilliant it's been a needed pick me up for me um you know i've been locked down like everyone else and just having football back on the screen again has been a, a really good morale booster um a pick me up and just a bit of yeah a bit of light at the end of the tunnel like normality is is on its way back um slowly but surely and hopefully and i think it's had the same effect on a lot of other people as well so let's stick with it you know and hopefully we can uh be at Stamford Bridge again next season um chanting and enjoying football well that just about rounds it up guys for today um for show four uh, I've not done a Q&A because I did have a little bit more to talk about so you know as always you can drop a DM if you have some questions for me on Twitter my DMs are open and uh, next week I will go back to doing Q&As again because I do enjoy them uh, it's good to interact with you guys because it's oft- as I say it's often difficult to do that on, on Twitter um, but thanks again guys for listening you can follow the Chelsea Spot on Twitter and the Chelsea Spot on Instagram and Cyphillips Sport on Twitter and Cyphillips underscore Sport on Instagram Thanks a lot, guys. Enjoy the first game back. Uh, I'm absolutely buzzing for it. Until next time, goodbye.